All gas, no brake. Waggy sauce, Gardner. The moniker around them. That's not the same old Jets. Oh, listen, thank you. I don't know about slaying the dragon. Maybe it's becoming the dragon. That that uh, Super Bowl three trophy is looking a little lonely. We're, we're all taking receipts on all the people who continually mock and, and say that we ain't going to do anything. I'm taking receipts. I'm going to be more than happy to share them with all of y'all when it's all said and done. All right, we're back again very soon. A little quick turnaround for us here at the Jetsway Podcast, Jake Lorenzo. Bro, how are we doing today? You know, we're doing well. It's a, it's a beautiful day outside. Um, it's the start of a, a brand new week. I have off today. I know a lot of people do as well, so um it's always nice to have a monday off for me yeah yeah definitely feel that one there and uh just for the uh the listening audience we will be having on a very special guest uh shortly after a brief little intro here from the two of us al Inezin from newsday will be joining us jets beat reporter will be talking all the biggest storylines out of otas minicamp being canceled with training camp uh the hall of fame game is about 45 days away or something like that so we're we're definitely coming up close and It'll be here before you know it, man. We know how time flies. Yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, it's June. It's shit, almost almost July. I mean, uh, August. I think right, the first week of August. That's when the uh, the yeah. Hall of Fame is. So, yeah, man, it's 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 picking up on us fast. Um, I'm excited though. I'm, you know, you know me. I, I love football season. I love that time of year, especially. So, um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we see some good good performances on the field. I know a lot of the starters won't be playing that day, but. Uh, just seeing like a lot of the rookies, a lot of the guys fighting for position battles, things like that. So, um, no, I'm excited to get this thing started. Yeah, man, we we can keep them all in bubble wrap for as long. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> so it, it's just a little bit of a weird time now in sports, right? I mean, the only thing we have on is baseball. and Both New York teams are going nowhere fast. We knew that coming into the year. And what do we really have until football? I mean, I guess basketball. I mean, by the way, the NBA is just so unwise. It's becoming just too much. These no trade clauses in the NBA, the players dictate the entire league. It's it's becoming just very annoying. And I, I'm just, I, this is the most annoyed I've been with the NBA in a little bit. The, this new CBA has got to put an end to this. There has to be some type of order restored here. This is just getting out of hand. We're Bradley yeah. Beal for pennies. I mean, what are we talking here? I mean, um, I, I I haven't read too much on the, on the new CBA, but essentially what I've heard from, is basically that like it's gonna try to stop the the super teams and bring a little more um, order back within within those those teams as well. So that Bradley Beal trade was absolutely crazy. I understand his contract is magnificent, but. I mean, Chris Paul is not going to play for the Wizards ever. Um, I think it was Landry Shamet and a couple like second round picks. Um, it's ridiculous. Basically, a salary dump. Um, it kind of reminds me in, in a way of like the Giancarlo Stan trade to the Yankees, where it was like, how could this guy get traded for this little? But it's basically you're just paying for the contract. Yeah, it, it's really more like from a basketball perspective. It is kind of like the Joe Johnson trade from Atlanta to Brooklyn, where Joe Johnson and Bradley Beal, I think, are two comparable players at this stage of their careers. Both had hey, Joe was a little bit more durable from what I recall, but same about similar age. But the, the Giancarlo, I mean, that trade for the Yankees, it just feels like it's gone downhill for the Yankees. And Giancarlo has been a pretty good Yankee. Don't don't get me wrong, but uh, we can go on a whole nother rant here about baseball. But 
I I just don't really see what the NBA is doing here. I, I think you need to get rid of the no trade clause first and foremost. And you also need to start paying players for how many games they play. Uh, this is just the load management's a huge issue. Guys don't want to play for teams anymore. If you really, uh, the point of a contract nowadays is just meaningless in the NBA. You could have a contract and you could go to a team and nothing will happen, right? Because nobody's going to want to trade for you if you're not going to just fall in line and not cause a distraction. So it's a big issue, man. It really is. It is, it is definitely a players-driven league. Um, and I think we, we've seen that switch, especially with um, Adam Silver taking over as commissioner. Um, Terrible commissioner. Terrible commissioner. Uh, I, I think I think things will, will change. I mean, I know this past season was – it was like the, the Denver Nuggets won. I don't really consider them like the prototypical super team, but – um, it, it shows that at least in this NBA, you need a lot of good yep. depth. And I, I don't see how the Suns, I mean, like how their roster is going to play out. Um, it's pretty much those three stars, obviously, Beal, Beal uh, Booker and Durant. But who knows what's going to happen with Aiton? Um, and they don't have anybody else under contract. So I think that's uh, another you know big piece of the puzzle there. Yeah, it'll be injuries, if anything, why they would meet yeah. their demise, which we saw in Brooklyn very well with uh, the team never being available. But yeah, man, these commissioners that we have, I mean, Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, Rob Manfred, talk about wasting money, but I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. So on to the Jets, we'd like to welcome on Al uh, Ionezin from Newsday. All right. So Al, uh, how long have you been covering the Jets for for starters? I think you used to cover the Knicks. Now you're on the football. Uh, Uh, This this is my I started with Sam. (laughs) <laughs> my oh. first year was Sam Darnold's first year. So I had, uh, I guess this is year six. I, I Year six. One year with Bulls, two years with Gase, and this is the third year with Sala. Oh, so you, you've really seen the uh, the true ups and downs, with the mostly downs with this franchise over the, that amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of the teams I covered. Uh, the, the Knicks didn't win much. I think I saw one playoff series and. um I don't know how many years with them, uh, but I think the Jets are going to change that this year, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But I think I think this this should be a playoff team, obviously. Yeah. So just for starters, Aaron Rodgers obviously changes the expectations of everything. Just describe the impact he's already had with his teammates in that building for just a short amount of time he's been here. He said he's having all this fun and he's touring around New York City. So right. just take us through that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, we see him everywhere, right? We've seen him at uh, Taylor Swift. We've seen him at the Tonys, um, playoff games. I mean, he, he's enjoying himself. But I think what he's done, he's really embraced everything and, and his teammates, you know. And I think that was important because no one knew what to expect. I mean, when all this stuff was going on, all we heard about was the the darkness retreat and, you know, how committed is he going to be and he'll never be at OTA. He didn't miss an OTA, you know, once he was acquired, he was there all the time, you know, built relationships with, with the guys, obviously him and sauce are getting along. Great. Uh, Zach Wilson is looking at him like a, you know, a big brother. Uh, He's got a great relationship with Nathaniel Hackett. He brought in some of his, you know, brought some of his own guys with him. They wanted to play with him again. Alan Lazard, Cobb, uh, Billy Turner, his relationship with Garrett Wilson, which is huge, I think, because, you know, Garrett Wilson could blow up this year. Uh, but there's just such a different vibe in the building. You you feel it right away, you know, because I look at it like this. They were pretty close. I think everybody would agree. They were pretty close last year 
to be in a playoff team, right? You know, I, I think, okay, the defense had some slip-ups towards the end of the season, but quarterback play was the biggest reason. I think we can all agree that they didn't make the playoffs. Now they got one of the all-time great quarterbacks who's coming in hungry, still wants to prove he has something left. And he's brought that with him. You know, he talked Super Bowl from the moment he got there. He said, you know, that Super Bowl trophy case looks pretty empty. So I think all those things were important. It brought a confidence. It brought something that, you know, these guys really know that they got somebody who's going to lead them this season. With all due respect to Mike White and Zach Wilson, they're not in the class of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's a four-time MVP. And he truly believes that this team has a chance to go far. And I do, too. You know, I'm not ready to anoint them over Kansas City, but let's see how let's see how things go early on. Let's see how everybody holds up. The line holds up the defense. But I think he has just changed the entire atmosphere. There's a belief in this building that, you know, never mind playoffs. We could be one of the best teams in the league. We can compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah. And and listen, I think um, Aaron Rodgers sees the opportunity to, you know, if, if things go well here, if he wins, like he will be loving the city. And by this fan base forever. Um, forever. That's that's a, you know, obviously he, you know, that's a great opportunity for him, but I think a lot of Jet fans um, see that and he sees that as well. I kind of wanted to switch gears here over to the NFL draft. Um, I think a lot of Jet fans are looking to add another playmaker to this offense, um, specifically Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, But obviously we drafted Will McDonald. Like, how do you see him playing out this season? Um, how do you see his role playing out so far? I know you've been at OTs and things like that. So I want to scare yeah. I mean, like you guys, I think a lot of us were surprised they didn't go O-line or another weapon. But obviously they felt Will McDonald has something in him that he's going to make a big impact. When when it comes to defense, you got to trust Salah, I would think. The guy's been one of the best defensive coaches over the last however many years. You know, it, it's hard to tell in OTAs when there's no pads and it's mostly seven on seven, but you could see him in his individual drills and he's got an incredible get off. He's a great athlete. You could just see, he doesn't look like a defensive lineman because he's not that prototypical size, but the athleticism, the fast twitch, how he bends, you know, things like that, that could have an impact. And they'll find a way for him to be impactful. I mean, the, the, again, I think Sala is excellent at that, at that. And, and the D line is, you know, I think, for the most part, it's probably still the strength of this team when you think about how much depth they have there. Um, he's going to play. I mean, and I know you would expect he would play when he's the first-round pick. It's hard to say right now how many uh, reps, how many snaps, rather, because we just haven't seen anything in pads. But I know they like his ability to get off, get around people. He, you know, we know he jumps over cars. He's he, he, <laughs> He's got tremendous athleticism that, you know, could come in handy when he's trying to get around the edge and get to the quarterback. They think he's going to be able to cause havoc. Is it going to happen in year one? I don't know. You know, there's always a learning curve with rookies like Jermaine Johnson last year. I'm expecting a bigger year from him this year uh, than than obviously had last year. Let's see what happens. But obviously his athleticism, fast twitch, the way he bends, his get up, all those things were appealing. And, and I think he's going to have a role. I just worry about him not being useful on running situations on early downs because of the size. Maybe that could be a limitation there. And I think they really wanted to take the kid Broderick Jones from Georgia and the Patriots screwed him no matter what videos they come out with on the team's website. But just I know recently you released an article about the offensive line and the left tackle 
quote unquote competition, even though personally, I don't think it's a competition. I think if Dwayne Brown is healthy, he's the left tackle. Makai Becton hasn't played much, if at all, <laughs> the last two years, obviously hasn't played in front of the MetLife Stadium crowd. Do you think he will embrace that right tackle position? And do you think maybe there is a scenario where he requests a trade similar to like Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims the last two years when they weren't getting what they wanted? I think anything's possible. I, I, I agree with you, Jake. I think if Dwayne Brown is healthy, he's your left tackle. You know, they speak about him, which I wrote in the article, they speak about him him with such reverence for what he did last year and playing through torn rotator cuffs. And, you know, he's come out and said, I haven't played right tackle since college. And he's not 24 years old. He's 38. You know, he's going to be 38 years old. So him not playing right tackle since college, that's a long time ago. He's an established player at left tackle. I do think if he's healthy, he's your starting left tackle. I think Makai has to embrace it. I mean, with, with all due respect, and I'm not trying to be funny, he doesn't have a leg to stand on at this point because he only played how many snaps his the last two years. He got into that one game. And, and and that was it. So he's, you know, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. This has got to be a proving year for him. He's got to just show that, you know, he's a good teammate and he could, I understand. I think it's great. He wants to play left tackle. You want a driven, motivated guy, you know, who, who's out to prove himself, but he's got to prove that he could stay on the field first and foremost. This is a big year for him. He wants to prove himself. He wants to get paid because they didn't pick up that fifth year option. So you know, I think if he's healthy and Dwayne Brown is healthy and, and the interior is okay, they'll have a decent offensive line. That's the most important thing right now with Aaron Rodgers. Now, we know he's going to get rid of the ball quicker than some of these other guys. But if you got, you know, healthy Elijah Vera Tucker, healthy Mekhi Becton, healthy Dwayne Brown, they're going to be pretty good. But I think uh, I think he's going to be ready to play right tackle. I'm sure they, they've had those conversations with him. You know, does he turn disgruntled? You would hope not. You know, I didn't like when it happened last year with Elijah because I felt like, you know, only one year in the league, it's too soon to start being a little demanding, you know, and I don't like when players do that because I think Elijah's a great talent. You know, I think he's going to have a great career. We, They may look at it as a mistake to have gotten rid of him. So I would hope Makai doesn't do that, but you never know what goes on and, and you know, in, in, inside their head. Yeah, I think we can all agree that, you know, Makai has a lot of talent. It's obviously just staying on the field. And um, I think this is a big opportunity for him as well. Obviously, you know, like you said, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So um, this is pretty much his last chance of being an NFL starter again. Um, we're having that opportunity too. Um, you mentioned earlier, you, you don't think we're kind of at the same um, playing field as like the Kansas cities um, and, and those teams of the world in terms of Super Bowl talent. Um, I, I think you know, we need to add another playmaker, potentially Dalvin Cook. You know, do you see us really being aggressive in, in that pursuit? Or is it kind of like, you know, the Jets are are really um, want to stay pat where they have in terms of their weapons and offensive talent? Well, I don't think they ever want to stand pat because, you know, they, they haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. And I think uh, Joe Douglas proved that with, you know, he he was right there for Odell Beckham if, if, if Baltimore doesn't offer him 15 million guaranteed, I think he's a jet, you know, um, he was all in last year on Tyreek Hill. Now, I don't know what Dalvin wants. I've seen reports that he wants the money that he's not getting from uh, Minnesota, 10 million. I don't know if that's going to be what the Jets want to give him. Uh, but Salah said, you know, we, we, I think he said it'll turn over the stones on him. 
didn't dismiss it, which he kind of did with DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I think it's a possibility that they'll look into it. Um, but I don't know right now. You know, I, I think the deal would have to make a lot of sense for the Jets. Uh, I think they're always going to look to improve because, look, Brees Hall's coming back. And I think we all agree that if he stayed healthy, I, I, I always look at last year as the Denver, the Denver game is what really turned the season. He stays healthy and AVT stays healthy. You know, maybe they are a playoff team. Um, Reese Hall's coming back from a torn ACL. They could use depth back there. Uh, Dalvin Cook is more than depth. I mean, he's a starting caliber. He's a he's a four time Pro Bowl. He's a, he's a starting running back. So if you can get a guy like that, that's great. But I just don't know if uh, if they will. You know, I, I hear the Dolphins. I see other teams, but. Yeah, and I'm not saying they don't have the pedigree to to to, to play with Kansas City. I, I just think they're the Super Bowl champs, and you know the Jets haven't made the playoffs in in 12 years. So you 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 got to let things play out before. I think it's wrong that people are saying that they're the number four team in the AFC East, but you know until they prove that they could beat the Bills, they're not better than the Bills in my opinion. May they will they be this year? Maybe, but all that stuff has to play out. Yeah, honestly, though, for a team that really wants to run the football the way the Jets want to and the way Michael Carter struggled last year in year two, Bam Knight really had his moments, but he was an undrafted free agent last year. What do you really expect from him? I think that a guy like Cook would really help them, or even if they don't want to spend that type of money, maybe like a Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, another vet out there, because we saw Saquon wasn't the same out of the gate after the ACL injury. It really takes a rare breed, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and honest, I, I, and I, I, I think agree. Hopkins isn't coming here, so that yeah. that's done. No, and and I agree. Uh, but you do have Aaron Rodgers now, so that's gonna that's gonna change how they they do the do their offense. And and but still, they could always use more depth in the backfield. No question about it. Michael Carter, I thought he was gonna have a better year last year. I think the James Robinson pickup, I think that affected him a little at first because he thought that he was gonna be the guy, and then they trade for. James Robinson, and you know, obviously it didn't work out, but yeah, they didn't have much. I mean, the fact that Brees Hall led the team in rushing and missed the last 10 games, I think that spoke volumes about, you know, what happened to that team last year. Definitely does speak volumes, but I honestly don't think Hopkins wants to play for the Jets. It's very strange because he was talking about playing with all these Hall of Fame quarterbacks and all you mentioned pros. Rogers, right? <laughs> exactly. And he's out here taking visits with Mac Jones, <laughs> you know. So that's a weird situation. So just staying on the subject with the wide receiver position, just the overall cap space this team is trying to create. They're restructuring. I know they restructured Whitehead recently. Carl Lawson, they restructured. They're talking about Mosley. Corey Davis, at his cap number at $10.5 million, he almost has to take a pay cut before the season starts, right? I mean, that's a really interesting situation. I think he was also absent from OTAs, too. We, I think he was there for some of them, but the, uh, I think we were, we're allowed in uh, only a certain amount that we're allowed to see. So I think we were there for like four of them. I didn't see him at all in those four. Now uh, they said that he was going to be a father again. Um, but yeah, I, I look at this as somewhat like a Jamison Crowder situation. You know, they've, they've gotten better at the receiver position. Uh, um, if you want to come back, you can't come back at that cap number, you know, that number it's got to be restructured. But they're speaking so highly of Corey, like the uh, the ultimate teammate and everything like that. I do believe they want him back, but I do think there's going to be a number that they're going to have to agree upon. Because, look, Garrett Wilson, again, I'm going to say, I think everybody agrees this guy's going to be a stud. He was great last year. And look, he had four different quarterbacks last year. 
he's got Aaron Rodgers now. Like he's got to be one of your top fantasy wide receivers next year. You know, um, Alan Lazard's pretty good too. And McCole Hardman will play a role in this offense. So I, I think if Corey wants to be a part of it, he probably will have to take, and I'm sure those conversations I had, you mentioned Mosley before, you know, I, I think that's going to happen to their numbers. They Mosley has the highest number. And I think uh, Corey has the third highest number. So I do think, you know, we got four weeks now before they return. I think you're going to see some stuff done, you know, in, in the interim. Or a Q extension, you think, or. Uh, I mean, I thought it would be done. Like I, I thought we were going to see him. Uh, obviously, they canceled last week's um, mandatory minicamp because they're coming back a week early, really nine days early because of the Hall of Fame. I thought we would see him at mandatory minicamp and we talked to him about it. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'd be, I would be stunned if he goes into this season without a new contract because, you know, he's, he really – you know, you always hear do everything they he has done everything they asked, you know, and he has gotten better and he, the, the, his teammates love him. So I it's a, to me, it's just a matter of time. And and obviously it's a number. What's the number? Four for 100, five for 120. You know what? That number has to be determined between Joe Douglas and, and, and uh, Quinn and Williams agent. But you can't let this guy go into this season unsigned. I mean, I I just think it would be a bad mistake, it would be a bad look too for for the organization. They want to keep, you know, one of their homegrown guys uh, who who led this defense last year, you know, an all pro for the first time, first guy to have 12 sacks and, you know, uh, I don't know how many years, I don't know if it was, uh, was Abraham. Um, you got to lock him up. You got to keep him. You got to bring him back and you got to show the guys on defense and on the whole team. Look, we're going to take care of our own because in a couple of years, sauce, Garrett Wilson, you know, these guys are going to cost money. You got to you got to get Quinn and done, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I, I definitely agree with that. And I think the last thing, you know, especially with all the kind of the good and positive vibes that are come, be the last thing you want is to have a holdout situation. And honestly, the Jet fans don't want another Darrell Rivas situation where he's holding out until pretty much the first week of the season. I think that was 2000, 2010, um, if, if I'm if I'm correct. But um, yeah, I think the last that's the last thing we want. Um, I wanted to ask about this linebacker room. I know um, with the Chuck Clark injury, that, that kind of messes things up a little bit. But I've been hearing a lot about Jamie and Sherwood kind of like stepping yeah. up into his role this season. Um, you know, how do you view him? Do you view the Jets kind of adding a, a, a guy that um, a lot of Jet fans like than Quan Alexander? Like, how do you see this, this that, that situation playing out? That That's another guy I thought would be back. You know, I thought he would be back. I thought there would be, you know, mutual interest. And I think there is mutual interest. But, you know, sometimes it's the business of, of sports, the business of football. You know, he's probably the best guy they have in coverage. Um, and he showed it like we know how he hits hard. So does Quincy. Um, but in coverage, Quan was probably the best guy. So yeah, it's looking like Jamian is going to be the guy. But again, what's today? June 19th. You know, we're, there's not, there's still three months almost before the first game of the season. So a lot of things happen in camp before camp guys get cut. Um, I know they're high on them. You know, uh, Quan is still unsigned. So yeah, I, I'm not ruling it out. Salah loves that guy. Uh, and he he played his role last year, but they also like Sherwood. They think, you know, he's a guy on the rise. I, I think, again, I think it's hard to really 
say anything until we see guys in pads. Like when we talked about Will McDonald earlier in OTAs, there's no pads, you know, uh, and, and the linebackers are really in 11 on 11. They're not hitting anybody. And in seven on seven, they're covering a tight end or whatever. It's, it's just not the same. So I need to see more of Jamie and Sherwood to know uh, if he's going to fill that role. And, and But I think they do too. They need to see what he can do. And I don't think at this point, the Jets can't close the door on anything because I'm going to keep going back. They haven't made the playoffs in 12 years. So like they need to improve any way possible to end that drought. And I think that's, I think that's the goal. I really do think they're going to do everything they can to improve. That just sounds like such a disaster waiting to happen with the way Quincy got hurt the last two years. CJ Mosley, I just think back to that New England game, not last year, but the year before in 21, where right. it was the week of New England and Mosley was out and here's New England dropping 50 on us with right. Mac Jones. So uh, hopefully Quan is back because I did like him. And what a shame yep. about Chuck Clark, right? I mean, is yeah. he is he confirmed out for the rest of the year? I haven't they, really heard. They haven't. It, nothing's confirmed, but I think the signing of um, – the former Green Amos, I think that kind of told us, you know, what's going on there. Uh, and this is a guy who never missed games. You know, he had some snap record, uh, snap count, consecutive snaps, you know. So, yeah, you, you you feel bad. You really feel bad. But, yeah, like there's no contact right now with us for a long time. They're on their break. And we're on our break, too. The writers get a break now, too. <laughs> Man, I need a long break from this franchise in my young, <laughs> in my, in my young life. But uh, last question for you here, and this is really something we haven't discussed a lot on this program, and it's honestly been coming into my mind a little bit more recently with, obviously, the expiring contract of Joe Douglas, the general manager. Do you think that there is a world where he might receive an extension before the season starts, or is this kind of, let's see how this plays out at the end of the year, because if they don't make the playoffs, how do you really justify bringing him back, right? That's that's a great question, and uh, I think that's what – I think that goes with everybody. You know, Joe's been here for a while. I think he's done a pretty good job. I think we look at uh, the Mims Becton draft as kind of a, you know, maybe we, that we blame that on Adam Gase here. We, we don't put that <laughs> no, too much on Joe Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a weird year with the scouting, right? Obviously, right. You didn't absolutely. Know. It was crazy. Absolutely. I think most people would have taken Becton, you know, uh, but still, um, I think Joe's done a great job uh, last year's draft could go down in history. I think a lot of studs coming out of that draft, but you're right. They, they need to win. Same thing with Salah. They need to win. I know that the organization is so high on Joe Douglas, so high on Robert Salah. They are doing everything they can to win. Is it possible you see an extension? Sure. You know, I, again, you can't rule anything out. Um, you know, he brought in Aaron Rodgers too. Now, unless this blows up and I don't, you know, the only, to me, the only way it blows up is if, you know, and I, and I say this because I never want to see anyone get hurt. Baron Rodgers gets hurt, and then you got to go back to, you know, Zach Wilson oh. or whatever. Uh, oh, no, please. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. So I would be surprised if Joe's not back next year, but a lot will have to happen if he's not back next year. And, you know, that's that's the way I feel. Because then you – what do you – it's constantly starting over. I, I mean, that's the thing, in, in, you know, in football – you know, uh, unless you're the, the the Steelers or the Patriots or some of these other teams, you're just constantly starting over. And there's no, you know, continuity, no chemistry. I think they're building something. Obviously, it helps when you get a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. 
But even even what they did last year, I mean, I think most people would agree their draft was phenomenal. And you look like you got some cornerstone players here that that are going to be around for a while. You know, Sauce is one of the best cornerbacks already in the league. And then the moves last year to get DJ Reed, you know, very underrated move at the time. He should have been a pro bowler. You know, I thought he had a a, a tremendous season. So I, I think Joe's on good footing, but, you know, you're right. They may wait to see what happens in, in, in terms of if they win this year. Yeah, uh, honestly, Salah, I have a little bit of reservation about. He reminds me a little too much of Todd Bowles, where he's too nice of a guy. Maybe he might be a little bit better as a coordinator. But Joe Douglas, what can you say? I really think he's – I haven't been a fan as long as some other longtime Jet fans that have been suffering. But in terms of a general manager, how is he not the best one that we've had? And in the, it sucks because the results aren't really there. It would really be a shame if, if they moved on from Joe Douglas and a huge – compulsive action by Woody Johnson. So I'm hoping yeah, I, I don't extended. see it happening soon, but uh, you know, it is one of those things where you straddle the fence. Do you wait to see how the season goes or do you just reward him because he's done everything to get this team where now, I mean, they're the most talked about team in the NFL right now. Right. I mean, I think we all agree. And I, and I could tell you from going to OTAs, the part, the media parking lot is unbelievable. I've never seen this many, you know, cars for just a, a, a practice in, in May and June, you know, and it's not just Aaron Rodgers. It is Aaron Rodgers, but it's the moves that they made also last year. Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, back-to-back. I mean, they were rookies of the year at their respective positions type of thing. Joe did that. So I, that, that the organization sees that. So I'd be very surprised. Awesome. Well, Al, it was great meeting you. Thank you for joining us and keep making us Long Islanders proud with uh, with Newsday. <laughs> we grew up with Newsday Thanks, and, uh, you know, thank you for all your work. We we truly enjoy the time and uh, hope to have you back on again soon. Anytime. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Of course. Thank you, Al. Take it easy. Man, I, this, this team needs to win in the worst way. They, they need to win. They have to they, for everybody's all insanity for the fans, the writers all involved. It, it's time. It, 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 we are long overdue to see a winning team out there, and I'm pretty confident in it. And just really shake that whole same old Jets narrative, man. If there's ever a time, th- this would be the year. This would honestly be the year. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, man, I definitely agree. Uh, I mean, listen, there's there's a lot of long-suffering Jet fans. That, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing. Rogers, um and this team honestly this is as good of a team uh, as we could have put together obviously you know we would love another playmaker and things like that but um I, I think we're still in a good spot to to compete and to, and to win in this league amen to that well that'll do it for today's podcast catch us next week all off season whenever wherever you get your podcast please leave us that five-star review follow subscribe as always go jets <laughs>